This is an AMI podcast. Hi, I'm Fern Lullum, and welcome to Into You, the podcast where we put love under the microscope, shedding light on the do's, don'ts, and nightmare scenarios we find ourselves in while flirting with romance. The truth of who you are is going to be revealed at some point. We all come at dating from a slightly different angle, but we are often faced with very similar situations to shape up to. It's not Bumble or Hinge or whatever you want to blame it on. Truth is, and this is really uncomfortable for people to hear, but it's you. I think I've got a mental bookshelf of just dusty old <laughs> stories that I've been telling myself. They need to be tossed out. Dating can uncover things about ourselves we never knew before. So without further ado, let's get into you. Okay, well, I'm ready whenever you are. Great, great. That's perfect. Hey, hey, how lovely of you to join me on the podcast that helps us decipher our situationships, reconcile our romances and love ourselves just a little bit more. Of course, it's into you. And you, my friend, have found me on a quest for greater confidence. Yes, even more so than usual, as we continue our chat with dating coach and trainer, the lovely Anna Rover. Last time, Anna spoke about why so many of us feel uncomfortable inside ourselves. Whenever there is a discomfort in the body or it's painful or tension or whatever, we run away from it. And highlighted how a false sense of confidence could also be blocking us in our love lives. Allowing ourselves to actually say, I want to feel safe and I want to feel taken care of and I want to feel protected. Today, Anna starts to challenge some of our internal habits which are not serving us well in love. We overanalyze and overthink where actually the first thing that needs to happen is how does this feel? And can you allow yourself to sit with that? And shares how we can cultivate the kind of relationships where we're not relying on our partner in order to feel good enough. Healthy relationships are based on two people coming together not from expectation or wanting something from someone. My husband is just a man who I love. But first, over the years, as I've desperately clamoured for relationship answers, I've been bombarded with advice about acting in a way which never came naturally to me. And I was itching to ask Anna her views on some of the more superficial, quick-fix answers to portraying a confident dating image. And I think another big message, I guess, around confidence is that to be confident or to show confidence, you have to kind of play games like playing hard to get, sort of not replying to people too quickly. What do you think about all of that kind of stuff? Oh, my God. Don't get me started on that. (laughs) It just, I hate all of that stuff. I have this love-hate relationship with releasing the content on my YouTube channel and Instagram and stuff, because I know that the women are searching for that. They want the three tips. They want the three texts I should send. They want the, (laughs) just tell me what to say. And when, you know, new women join my program, you'll see a lot in our community that they post these screenshots of a guy who let's say was messaging with them. And then he suddenly ghosted her. She says, what did I do wrong? What should I say? (laughs) 
And I'm like, that's not the right question here because the answer is not you should have said this. Again, we come to the point where women, I see, we overanalyze and overthink where actually the first thing that needs to happen is how does this feel? And can you allow yourself to sit with that? Can you allow yourself to welcome that discomfort that you feel in your body of being rejected? That's what it's about. Mm -hmm. It's not about the guy. Like I always tell the way, who knows? You know, like, yeah, who the fuck knows what happened? Like his grandmother might have died. He might be run by a bus. Or recently I read the thing that, you know, men ghost because they can't honestly reject you because they feel uncomfortable about telling you, oh, I actually met a more attractive woman and therefore I'm not going to message you anymore. Do you know? Like, who cares? We were never going to know. And there's no use to sit there and overanalyze and create stories in your head and scenarios about why did he not reply? I always tell a woman, if you find yourself in a rut of counting down the minutes and the hours since he replied last, oh my God, you're totally in the wrong space. You need to get out of that. And so the first thing that needs to happen is we just need to feel where does that rejection live in the body? Is it in the heart? Like, how does that feel? Is it like a lump in your heart that's dark and spiky and whatever? Can you breathe into that? Okay, great. So as soon as you sit with that and allow space, that thing goes. And when you play games or when you use text messages that you found on internet or you get these guides or whatever, I understand why they're there, but they're only going to work to a certain extent. Okay, you're going to get a message with a gun. There's going to be great banter. You're going to use some messages that you learn. Okay. And then you're going to get on the date. And okay, you can prepare for the date and think in your head about the red flags or how you should sit. And then what? This is only going to work to a certain extent, and then shit is going to be real. And let's say you can even get into a relationship and then what? Mm. <laughs> like the truth of who you are is going to be revealed at some point. You, like you can't escape that. You can only play that game for a while. And so it's always better to start the right way, to start in your truth. What is here to learn? Is it to sit with rejection is it to learn that your pattern is attracting emotionally unavailable men and therefore we need to dig deep down inside and understand why you are emotionally unavailable yourself? Like I'll give you an example. I had a client. She said she's been dating this guy. They went for like five, six dates and she thought things were going well. And on her last date, he said, look, I don't think this is going to work because mm, I don't think this is the right fit. And of course, she was hurt and rejected and she had the tools to work through that. But she confessed and she said, I actually felt relieved because I didn't have to deal with now being in a relationship and all of my insecurities and beliefs and the truth of me to be here, to be in deep intimacy with someone. So it's really interesting when you hear that and you realize that a lot of women who say they want to be in a relationship and they're ready and they love men and whatnot, in fact, are not. The men that they're attracting is telling them what the reality is. So if you think that you're the full package and you don't understand what's wrong and you're ready for a relationship, look at the patterns that are happening in your dating life. And if these are not the men that you want to be attracting, then time to look inside and understand there's always a reason, at least in my experience, there's always something deep down inside that is preventing them from completely opening themselves up. That might be fear, 
that might be limiting beliefs or whatever that is. Oh, but it's so much easier to blame the men in our lives than to actually look at ourselves, isn't it? Of course. <laughs> you know what? It's so much easier to blame not only the men, but also the dating apps. It's easier to blame location. Like I've heard from women say, oh, dating is just so terrible in New York. I got to move to LA. And then I get on a call with women in LA and she says, oh, dating is so terrible in LA. I got to move to like middle of nowhere. <laughs> and then they go to that small town in the middle of nowhere. And I get on a call with that woman. She's like, I've dated everyone in the you know radius of I don't know how many miles. Or they say, I've got four children, impossible to date. Or, you know, it's all of these external factors, blaming your mother or your father, whatever. We always blame something. None of that matters because you can always find an example. And I've seen this through my clients. I have a single woman of four kids who found an amazing man who loves her children and is an amazing guy. I've had women in the middle of nowhere. I had an example for everything. I have a case study. So I'm convinced that it's not New York City. It's not Bumble or Hinge or whatever you want to blame it on. Truth is, and this is really uncomfortable for people to hear, but it's you. And not to say that you are broken, not to say that it's your fault necessarily, but the reason is inside. So the best thing you can do is look into the mirror and get curious with empathy, right? No, you're not broken, but get curious. Like, what is this really about at the bottom of this? And there's tools and things that you can work through that. This is personal growth. But it's very hard to hear because, of course, it's easier to just blame it on the economy or hinge or I don't even know. Oh, no, the recession. <laughs> right now it's the recession that we can blame. Like there's always something we can blame, right? Yeah. Blame it on the boogie. Yeah. I love how you said about the different stories that we all tell ourselves. I think I've got a mental bookshelf of just dusty old <laughs> stories that I've been telling myself. They oh, need to, yeah. they need to be tossed out. What do you think is the difference, Anna, between confidence and arrogance? Because I know when we talk about confidence, sometimes people say, Oh, but I don't want to be kind of like bigging myself up or sort of egotistical. What's the difference there? Is that facade you feel like it's a mask? right, that you have to put on. When you are true to who you are, you know yourself really well, there's no arrogance there. It's authenticity. It's the rawness and who you are. And look, you're going to make mistakes with this. I think, like, have I been arrogant? Probably, yes. I'm not perfect. You're going to be arrogant if you are not going to be open to feedback, not going to sit there and um, really think about, well, was that true what they said, for example? But again, like when women say, I just don't want to be arrogant and say this and he's going to think that. And to me, it's like, oh, here we are going into the head again, overanalyzing <laughs> and things like that. So what's going on in your body right now? Can you feel what's happening? Like what's happening in the body? <laughs> it's almost like the emotional tension. There's a lot of frozen tension in the body that we carry day to day like from interactions with your boss and, I don't know, rain or you're walking on the street, you see something, whatever that is. That's why when I work with clients, I teach them a practice that they can do every day so that your body is in flow. So you release a lot of the tension and then you're just here and now you're relaxed. And so confidence is not playing confidence. It's being confident and how do you be confident is by embodying who you truly are. These are the most confident people. Like if you ask me, I love who I am. I'm actually really curious every day about what's happening. Whatever's happening in the body, that tension, that is the first layer. Once you feel that, once you sit with that, there is calmness at the end of that. There's peace with just who you are. And when you enter the room with that, 
you shouldn't be worried about being arrogant if you're just truly being who you are. And also interesting how easily it is, even when we've gone into our bodies, to pop straight back into our heads again. <laughs> Constant challenge. Absolutely. As somebody who set up pretty much permanent residency inside their own brain, this all made a lot of sense to me. In fact, it was the main motivation in creating this podcast because I was so sick of constantly questioning everything and never coming to any satisfying conclusions, no matter how long I overanalyzed for or how many millions of minute pieces I picked the situation apart into. I started to wonder what it is that helps us all feel a tad more confident about our relationship success. So, as is the protocol of most scientific studies in 2023, I put out a post on social media, and here are a selection of my favourite answers. The sentence reads, One thing that makes me feel confident in a relationship is... Finish the sentence. Jackie, when we can share all of our embarrassing bodily functions, because then I can truly be myself... It's always a relief not having to hold back, isn't it, Jackie? Although it does come with the cost of having to cope with their bodily functions, of course. Stuart, when she laughs at my terrible jokes, that's got to be love, says Stuart. Well, that or pity, Stuart, eh? One of the two. Layla, when you feel awful about yourself, but your partner insists you're beautiful. Yeah, I think that one's top of the partner's survival handbook, Layla. And Harry, the knowledge that in order to leave me, she'd also have to leave the dogs too, which is never going to happen. Ah, yes, I can relate to that one, Harry. Always nice to have that little doggy safety blanket on standby, isn't it? Anna had got me thinking about the many masks we can wear when it comes to confidence, how to the outside world, and particularly on a first date, we can project such an effortlessly self-assured image before promptly going home reaching for the ice cream and both feeling fairly intimidated by how much more confident the other must be than we are. We know that relationships can have a huge impact on our own quiet sense of self-esteem, and so I was curious to hear Anna's thoughts on how true confidence can be created in love. So we've spoken a little bit about self-confidence. What are some of the things that we can look for in our relationships that help us feel really good and safe in them? Well, the answer goes back to you. Mm. It's about knowing who you are, what you like, what you want. How do you want to feel? This is the first question that you actually have to ask yourself, right? How do you want to feel in this dynamic, in this relationship? And as you said, for example, Fern, you said, I want to be safe and protected, taken care of. And so are you feeling this way right now? And if not, why not? What is this about? Because again, what I see so much, you know, divorce rates and things like that is because we we haven't been taught how to build strong, healthy relationships. Most that are not working are codependent relationships because we get into relationships to fill a void, mm. to just feel an empty space because I have not sat with myself long enough to become whole. If you know who you are, you know how you want to feel and you constantly you know, sit with yourself and enjoy your own company and know what you want. And how do you want to feel in a relationship? And if you focus on that and focus on being you, your whole you. So I always give this example with my husband. 
I don't want to be in a relationship that's based on fear or I don't want my man to come back because of obligation or duty or whatever. I don't want that. I want him to come back because he wants to be with me and he chooses me every day. And that's what I do as well. And I think that healthy relationships are based on two people coming together, not from expectation or wanting something from someone. My husband is just a man who I love and who I love today. And I've loved for the past, however many years we've been together today, I love him and accept him for who he is. And so I think in our relationship and our marriage, you do you first be confident in ourselves and who we are and what we want. And then just following that, because we want to be in a relationship, let's say we want a house, a man, a job or whatever we want. We want all these things because of the way they make us feel. And so the question is not, should I go on a date, but how did I feel on this first day? Right. Is this a hell no? Or is this a maybe? And even if it's a hell no, I can tell you my husband was a hell no, (laughs) but I gave him chances. My first sex was terrible. And I said to him, stop wasting your time on me. He didn't look anything like I imagined my man to be. I just watched too many Chris Hemsworth and Channing Tatum movies about (laughs) muscly lumberjacks who do yoga and are spiritual, which is a freaking fantasy. And when I met my husband, he looked, I mean, okay, maybe, but... (laughs) We can talk about that another time. But, you know, like women just come into this dating space with so many preconceived notions and, again, these checklists and red flags. And instead, what we should do is just focus on how was your first date? How did that feel? Sit in your body and the only question you need to ask is, do I want to go on another date? If the answer is yes, then you go. Date. Understand what you like and what you don't like and how do you feel and how you don't want to feel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Date, date a lot, and then realize what you want. And once you find that guy or stumble upon that guy that really feels good and continues to feel good, then that's a yes, right? And that's how you end up in a confident relationship that is based on trust. So it's all about you because you always attract your equal in terms of your energy, in terms of your mindset, in terms of everything. And so if you're not attracting what you want, you got to look deep down inside. Because once you work on yourself and you get to the level where you're confident within you and your body, you're going to start to attract that. Everything is a reflection of you and what you believe about yourself. I'm kind of aware that there must be lots of people listening who have just never felt confident about their love lives, never Mm. felt like they're going to find somebody, they're not good 